Hey y'all, you're listening to The Coffee Shop, and I'm your host, Lindsay Acosta. If you know me, then you know that I love coffee, and The Coffee Shop is where I've had some of my favorite and hardest conversations. I've laughed, cried, mourned, and rejoiced with friends as we sat across from one another, a coffee between us. So I hope you'll pull up a chair to my table and have conversations with me as I talk about all things Jesus related in hopes that it will equip, teach, and empower you in your walk with the Lord. Welcome to the coffee shop. Hey y'all, welcome back to the coffee shop. I cannot wait to dive into this next topic with you, um, which is how to deep study the Bible It is by far my favorite thing to talk about, and I think it's one of the most important things as Christ followers that we can be doing. Now, I grew up in the church, so reading the Bible wasn't new to me. Um, It's something that I've kind of been doing on and off for my entire life. But a few years ago, I found myself just feeling really stagnant and... I felt like I wasn't getting fed enough when it came to my Bible time. And at the time, I was preparing for a small group that I was leading. And I was trying to find books for us to read and study. And I ended up stumbling upon this book called Women of the Word by Jen Wilkins. And it honestly completely changed the way that I read and study the Bible Um, the way that I understand it, the way that I apply it to my life. And I didn't realize how intricate and important deep studying the Bible really was until I read that book and until I started doing it for myself. And honestly, there are so many things that we miss when we are just reading the Bible at face value. Like when we're reading the Bible just to read it, we miss so many things. Now, please hear me out when I say, like, just simply reading the Bible at face value isn't bad. It's what we're supposed to do. But if you spend your entire life doing that, you are going to miss out on some amazing details or even what verses and passages actually mean if you're not deep studying the Bible, if you're not reading it to fully understand it. And I can't tell you how many times I've been taught a scripture and its meaning only to find out that it was an incorrect meaning and and the meaning was just very misplaced because someone didn't take the time to study what they were reading. They didn't take the time to deep study the passage in the verse that they were reading and therefore they got the meaning wrong and passed that information on to me which I then passed on to other people. And I also want y'all to realize that every single word, every passage, every book in the Bible is not there by coincidence. The Lord does not work in coincidences. He is very deliberate in what he does in the Bible is no different. So if you think something is coincidental or is just fluff in your reading, it's probably something worth exploring. It is there on purpose. It serves a purpose. So it's definitely something that's worth exploring deeper. Now, if you're new to the faith, simply reading the Bible is good. It is okay to just read the Bible at face value. Don't push yourself too hard, but also don't be afraid to deep study either. Um, I wish I would have started 
deep studying the Bible much sooner because it really would have changed my relationship with the Lord drastically. I would have been able to understand him better and understand what he's asking of me. But it's okay to not push yourself to do something that you're not ready for. And likewise, if you're a seasoned believer, I would strongly, strongly encourage you to begin deep studying the Bible if you haven't already started to do that. Uh, with that being said, you do not need like a PhD or something like that in order to deep study the Bible. You seriously only need like internet connection and a few books and then obviously your Bibles. Um, and I will go over all of that stuff with each step that we're going to take for deep studying the Bible. But it is really such a simple thing to be doing. It's a lot of information to find, but deep studying the Bible is actually fairly simple. And I do want to add that this is my personal way of deep studying the Bible. Um, when I first started, I followed the outline that was in Jen Wilkins book, but I ended up adapting it to fit how my brain operates and it fit kind of the season that I was in. Um, it fit the time frame that I could spend deep studying the Bible, things like that. And you'll likely do the same thing once you start doing it and get comfortable and you get into your own rhythm. You will adapt the way that you do this to fit, you know, what season you're in or the time that you have or how your brain operates and things like that. But before we get started, I want to give you guys just a few things to kind of keep in mind while you deep study the Bible, and why you learn to deep study the Bible. Um, the first thing is give yourself grace. Reading the Bible can be so hard, so don't beat yourself up over it. Even seasoned Christians get stuck on things or get bored with things or find passages to be very hard to understand. So if you're new to the faith or if you're a seasoned follower, give yourself grace while you learn how to do that. And even just when you're reading the Bible in general, give yourself grace. Um, the second thing is that deep studying can be time consuming, so don't be afraid to take breaks. Um, depending on what you're deep studying and how deeply you're trying to study it, it can take anywhere from 15 minutes to two hours to a few days to deep study certain passages of the Bible. So sometimes you do have to take breaks. Don't push yourself. Don't make yourself feel overwhelmed with what you're doing. So let's go ahead and jump into it. So like I said, the first thing that I'm going to do is list out the steps that we're going to take in order to deep study the Bible. The first thing you're going to do is pray. The second thing you're going to do is read it. Third is write down any thoughts, notes, or questions that you might have. Number four, we're going to study the context of the passage, which is who wrote it, when did they write it, what is written in that passage, where was it written? Why was it written? The recipient, so who was it written for? And then any additional facts that we find. Number five is any vocabulary. Number six is symbolism. Seven is commentary. And eight is comparing translations. So for our example, I'm going to be using the story of the 10 plagues. And it's found in Exodus 7 verse 14 and you read it through till Exodus chapter 11. Now, I'm not going to read all of that because that's a lot to be reading. That's like five chapters. Um, but I am going to reference specific verses for each step. That way you know what I'm talking about. And you can look it up in your free time and you can see exactly what I mean. But before I read it, the first thing that we do is pray. 
over our time with the Lord. So, um, basically, for step one, you're going to pray over your time with the Lord. It's very simple. You ask Him to open your heart to what He wants you to know. You ask Him that He would help you read the text through His heart and not through your humanity. Because sometimes, you know, when we read the Bible, we think about what we want and not what He wants. And the best way to avoid doing that is to pray that He would guide you and lead you and to show you what He wants you to see. So that's step one. Very easy. You pray over your time with the Lord. Step two and three um, kind of go hand in hand the way that I kind of do it. I do them simultaneously because that's the way my brain works. So as I'm reading the text, I'm also writing down any thoughts, questions, or notes. Just anything that sticks out to me, I make a note of it and then I go back later and research it. But um, So obviously number two is reading it. You literally just read it. But like I said, because this passage is so long, I'm not going to read the entire passage. I'm just going to reference it. So at this point in time, we're going to act like I did step two and read it. So we did step one and we prayed over it. Step two, we read it. And now step three, we write down anything that jumps out at us, any notes that we have while we're reading. And like I said, step two and step three, I personally do simultaneously. So I read the passage and I'm going to share with you guys some things that I wrote down in my notes section that I wrote down for step three. The first thing is Exodus chapter 7 verse 14 and this is where the Lord is telling Moses that even though God is sending Moses to get the Israelites, Pharaoh is going to say no and he's going to have a very stubborn heart. And so the that part of the verse It says, Pharaoh's heart is stubborn. And while I read this verse, the word stubborn stuck out to me. So later, I'm going to look up its meaning. That's a vocabulary word that I want to look up. And I'm also going to look up the words worship, distinction, and darkness, which are found throughout the five chapters that we're going to be talking about over these next few episodes. Now, also, while I was reading chapter 7, I wondered why God chose the Nile River for this particular plague which is the um turning the water into blood and there were three major rivers in egypt so i was just curious as to why the lord picked the nile river what is the significance of the nile river and then in chapter 8 verse 15 when the plagues of frogs came over the land of egypt it says that pharaoh was relieved but then his heart was hardened again and we actually see this happen throughout a few of the different plagues and I just had this thought of how often do we allow relief to harden our hearts again so we spend so much time praying for a breakthrough or for the Lord to do something and when he does we just forget about him and we forget about what he's done for us because we feel like we don't need him anymore and then in chapter 8 verse 22 we see that the magicians are using their own magic to also make these plagues happen um, to kind of disprove that Moses is hearing from the Lord, that the God of Israel is real. They wanted to prove that, hey, you know, you're saying that the God of Israel is greater because he's sending all these frogs and all these plagues, but we can do the same thing. So the magicians would oftentimes duplicate what the Lord was doing. Not all the time, just some of the time. And, you know, I grew up in the church, so this story is very second nature to me. I know it backward and forward. And, you know, growing up and reading this, I was so focused on the physical plagues 
that I totally bypassed the fact that there was definitely a spiritual war going on. And that's especially because the magicians were using magic to duplicate these plagues. But that would definitely, like anytime you use magic, that calls on different demons and demonic spirits. So we can see just from the fact that these magicians are using magic and they are duplicating plagues that demonic forces are at work as the Lord is also at work. And there is very much a spiritual battle happening behind the scenes that we a lot of times gloss over. So those are just kind of a few things that stuck out to me as far as like notes and questions and things. But now I'm going to kind of list some words and symbols that I want to look up. I definitely want to look up Uh, the symbolism for each plague because like I said God doesn't work in coincidences I know that he picked those specific things for a reason he had millions of things that he could have used but he chose those 10 plagues so I'm going to look up blood frogs gnats death of livestock boils hail locusts darkness and death of the firstborn and I also want to look up the number 10 because again that's very specific Um, you know, 10 plagues. And then I'm going to look up the significance of using a staff because God didn't need a staff for his miracles to come to pass. He didn't need a staff to perform miracles. So why was he constantly asking Moses and Aaron to use their staff in order for these plagues to happen? And then, like I said, I'm going to look up the word stubborn, worship, distinction, and darkness. So now that we've talked about the first three steps, we are going to stop here. And then next week, I'll be going over the next steps. So while you wait for the next episode to drop, I want you guys to go home and pick a passage from the Bible. It can be long or short. It can be Old Testament or New Testament. And I want you guys to do these first three steps. And then I want you guys to take a screenshot, post them on your Facebook or Instagram story, and then tag the coffee shop. And I will share y'all's passages and we can see what everybody is doing. Um, And I think it'll just be a really cool way for us to communicate, to show what we're learning and things like that. Thanks for listening to this week's episode on The Coffee Shop. I'd love to connect with you more on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. See y'all next week.